0: Welcome to the Fly Crate Podcast, brought to you by the Fly Crate, the easiest way to discover new trout flies. To learn more about their monthly fly club and online shop, visit www.theflycrate.com. And now on to the podcast. I thought it'd be a great idea this week to get into proper handling of fish. You know, not just trout, but bass as well. And so, you know, we've broken down some key important stuff to think about and to remember when looking at these fish and how to handle them so I figured we just get right into it so let's start with well we'll start with bass because everybody likes to fish for bass um, and it's pretty easy target especially considering that you, don't, you know they're really tolerant to different weathers and to different waters so when we look at bass bass are a pretty hardy fish I mean they're a fairly new species when you look at the taxonomy and um, where they fit into the animal kingdom However, um, just because they're new, they're hardy, they're predatory, uh, we do have to take consideration when we look at them physiologically and the way their body is designed and structured, especially when holding the fish. Now, you'll often see hashtags like jacked jaw or, you know, flip them on the boat or whatever, but this is actually kind of counterproductive because if you actually hold the fish with its jaw more than a certain degree difference from the body of the fish it actually does permanent irreparable damage to the fish physiologically so you know the best practices for holding a bass would actually be if you want to grab it by the mouth okay either keep it straight up and down but then use your other hand to brace the body on the underside okay um, with a wide point of contact and if you need to hold the fish up which you know I'm all, I'm a proponent for um you know quick releases hold the fish up supporting most of the weight from the body and controlling from the mouth okay and this is for both small mouth and large mouth but uh remember that yes they are they are hardy fish but in a sense that they survive water well. Um, They may survive out of water a little longer than, say, a trout would, but try not to keep them out of the water that long, you know? Uh, If you have a live well, make sure that it's extremely well aerated and taken care of, but remember that it's usually just better to put the fish back um, quickly after maybe a quick photo. Um, So A lot of guys like to flip the bass into the boat. Uh, I typically don't do that. I'll, I'll either net with a rubber net outside of the boat, or into the water from the bank, or get down and actually get my hands in the water and grab the fish in the water. Um, This is not that much harder to land the fish. I think a lot of the time uh, the guys that flip the bass into the boat are doing it for speed and um, to make sure that the bass is in a a place where they can get a hold of it in their own you know, neck of the woods, if you will, in their own comfort zone, but uh, I don't believe it's probably (laughs) obviously good for the fish. Um, if you have the capability. So, when uh, we take a look at anglers who fish in tournaments, um, you know, it's not everyone's goal sometimes to protect the fish, but I think it should be everyone's priority in the long run. Uh, Also, when we're talking about, um, you know, using flies, it doesn't ever hurt to use a barbless hook. Uh, I'm not saying it's the end-all, be-all for the, you know, safety of the fish however it does make releasing the fish that much easier and also if you really think about it if you're jacking around a uh, a fish with a barb in its in the roof of its mouth in the bottom of its that makes that fish a lot more sore and less likely to eat I, th- I mean i don't have any science to prove that but wouldn't it make sense that if you do more trauma to a fish it takes longer for that fish to recover and so i would suggest going barbless unless of course you're you know somebody who is trying to keep fish which, hey, if you're willing to keep fish, um, then none of this really applies to you, okay? Uh, however, I still suggest being ethically humane. Aside from the flies, um, the actual hooks themselves, you know, try to try to use techniques that are very similar to those you would use for trout. And so, um, being mindful of some things that I'm about to get into. So, why don't we transition uh, into trout. And that way, you know, a lot of this stuff can apply for bass in some way or another. Alright, so one of the biggest things I notice with new anglers or old school anglers, it really doesn't matter, but people who not are in, who are not intentionally going out of their way to be mindful of the fish is they keep the fish out of the water way too long. So, when it comes to, you know, the uh, when it comes to trout, whenever we hook the fish, okay, Remember that they breathe with oxygen from with oxygen under the water. So, um, and typically, running water provides better oxygen, and low temperature water provides better oxygen levels. So, typically, I don't like to keep my fish out of the water, especially small fish, longer than five ten seconds. But you know, there is a magic rule that you know for normal size twelve fourteen inch fish for trout. That is, remember that they probably want to at least at least less than 30 seconds Um, there's quite a few individuals that want to keep them wet entirely but this is just one of the biggest things I can think of is don't suffocate the fish you know keep it in the water as long as possible if you want to take a photo um, you know pull it from the water or keep it slightly in the water for um, you know no longer than a, a snapshot or two worth and then put it back in the water and so that's one of the things that and you know it's pretty easy to, to remove the hook under the water. It's pretty easy to measure the fish under the water. It's pretty easy to take really cool and interesting photos of the fish while it's half in the water. As long as that water is running through the mouth, through the gills, um, it's going to prolong the or, or inevitably make the the fish have a better chance of survival in the long run. So you know, guys who are super excited or, or got you know for the, catching their first trout or guys who catch a monster and they're just super stoked. It, it's it's hard to remember, but remember that. If you can't breathe underwater, they can't breathe above water, so be mindful of that. Um, second thing I want to talk about is you know keeping your hands wet uh, before you touch the fish, but also don't touch the fish as much as you think you need to. Um, I know that for many individuals, they like to get their hands on the fish, but sometimes you know the less you touch the fish, the less you jostle the fish around, the better chances the fish has of survival. I mean, personally, my ideal release would be something along the lines of I get the fish, I hook the fish, play the fish quickly and get it to the to the bank and then without even taking the fish out of the water, I take my barbless hook, t- twist it, pull it right out of the fish's mouth, no problems at all and it swims away, scot free. This doesn't always happen like that and especially if you want somebody or you want to take your know your photo, just remember that the more you touch the fish, the more of that slimy protective layer coating that's on that trout ...is going to be removed. And the same goes for bass to an extent, too. You don't want to keep jostling the fish around. Um, So, handle the fish quickly. You know, you don't want to have the fish constantly be touched and, and stuff for a long period of time. Uh, release it quickly if you can. That'll help ensure the life of the fish is long and healthy. Alright, so, um, also, make sure you're not touching the gills of the fish. To handle the fish, the best possible scenario is this. If it's a fish that's, you know, a small to medium-sized fish probably just want to gently scoop under with lots of contact points behind the pectoral fin okay gently and loosely up um to if you want to take a photo uh if it's a larger fish you're going to want to grab it by the base of the tail there's a hard area in the base of the tail that controls the fish well and this is especially true for steelhead salmon or any other um salmonid that you come across um now the name of this is actually the caudal peduncle. I know that's really funny, but um, there's a it's a point on the fish where you can control it very easily because a lot of their energy is generated from that. And if you have a good grasp of the caudal peduncle, which is the area where the fin, the back, you know, fin, um, the tail meets the the skinny part of the body of the fish, um, you're going to have better control of that fish. Um, make sure that you know whenever you ensure the the release that that fish is strong and healthy and to do that you want to make sure that you're not uh you're not holding that fish and doing that you know your photos or whatever as long as you feel like you need to try and do it as quickly as you can um so the next part one of the biggest things when fitting fighting big fish is that guys want to fight fish for a while because that's that's the fun part about trout fishing you know um, bass fishing as well, but the quicker you can get that fish in, the more likely that fish is to survive because it has a lot of spunk left in it. So you want to fight the fish as quickly as possible, and that might mean using a little heavier tippet, or that might mean, um, being a little more aggressive, but play the fish the right way and play it in quickly, and, um, don't overexhaust the fish if you can help it. And our last thing I want to talk about is, um, this is actually kind of one of the controversial topics when it comes to, uh, the new age fly fisherman, fly fisher, is nets. Now, nets. If you're fighting, if you're if you're fishing for small fish, um, probably not completely necessary. But when you're talking about control, now one of the things we want to talk about earlier is, is keeping the fish in the water. Well, one of the best ways to do that is to use a floating net like that of uh, like a wood net, or even some of the newer nets by say Fish Pond or by um, uh, like Rise. Any of those. Uh, really nice uh, new kind of alloy nets, Um, they do a really good job of floating, keeping the fish controlled. Now, you don't have to necessarily touch the fish, but if that fish is in a rubberized net, I want to key that, you know, be key on that again, rubberized net, um, it's going to do less harm than, say, having to hold the fish tightly if it's a hot fish and removing the, the hook, you know, it also could also protect your hands because you don't want to have that fish thrashing around and and um and grabbing the hook, you know, f- with your finger or something like that. So, um, I personally, for large fish, I I bring a net with me. Um, even for small fish, if I can't seem to do the job the right way by controlling them under the water, you know, or even quickly above the water with just my wet hands, um, then. A net is a key tool in keeping the livelihood of that fish in the forefront of my mind. Um, so, I might catch flack for that, but you know what? It it does a really good job um, when applied and utilized the right way. And so, you know, applying the same trout techniques, as, except for handling, to bass, um, I, I definitely think that there's a good chance that, you know, the catch and release community needs to recognize that, you know, you don't want to take it overboard. You still don't want to enjoy yourself while you're on the water. But sometimes it's it's more beneficial to spread awareness without being that condescending jerk. And so when I look around at different uh for example, um forums or online communities on like say Facebook or Instagram, there are some white knights out there that wanna try and tell everybody, you know, that what they're doing is wrong, blah 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 blah. There's a better way to do that. We need to recognize that if we're going to spread the good word of catch and release, there are definite moments when it is important to take fish from a stream. Okay, for example, um, the Provo River. Uh, it's so many fish in that river, and the heads are so big, but the bodies aren't growing because the food supply, the food supply, food supply the food supply is not matching the number of fish or sustaining the number of fish to a healthy level. And so, taking fish from the Provo is actually probably good as long as you meet the state regs. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't go around and spread the good word of catch and release. Just make sure that we're doing it in a way that is approachable. Nobody likes to be barked at. So if you want to if you want to teach someone how to do something appropriately, you need to do it with a caring and tender, you know, way about you. And so, my biggest suggestion to those who want to do the right thing by our fish, um help manage habitat by picking up garbage you know, and instructing or, or, or showing advice or, or counseling those who you see commit things on the, on the you know, issues on the water. Showing people the proper way to catch and hold and release fish. Showing them that, and, and being honest with yourself that when you make a mistake, own up to it. You know, I've, I've made mistakes before. I've thought I had a good hold on a fish and lost it. And I mean, I have a great video demonstrating that. I caught a lot of flack for dropping my steelhead. But to be honest with you, um, it goes to show that even somebody who's experienced at handling fish can still make mistakes when they're not on the ball. The fish was healthy and happy and swam away, but um, it's definitely worth noting that you need to keep it in the forefront. If you want, especially small fisheries that you personally take great pride in, make sure you're doing things the right way. And you know, if, it, if the fish are healthy, catch and release them. If you're starting to notice that um, there's quite a few fish... And they're starting to become undersized. Then you know, apply some state regulation, but you know, whether, depending on where you are, and keep a fish or two, eat a fish or two. There's nothing wrong with that. And that's another thing is you know, just because we want to promote catch and release does not mean that we have to be anti-piscivorous uh, or anti-pescatarian or anti-anti fish eating. And so we have to remember that you know, just because we do something one way doesn't mean others can't do it their own way. But by learning the proper catch and release techniques, making sure that our bass, our trout, our crappie, crappie our salmon, our lake trout, whatever it is that you're fishing for, our pike, are healthy, that is something we can all do because we all appreciate the fisheries that we love and have grown to love. So make sure you take care when you do so. That's all I have, guys. This was Colton from Tweaking Timber Outdoors here with the Fly Crate Podcast. Hopefully that was informative, guys. If you did, make sure you let us know because we work very hard to try and give you guys what it is you need and want to know. Tight lines. And until next time, guys, I'll catch you guys on the flip side.